Good day, I'm Mark Sylvester, Ambassador of 805 Connect and your host for this 805 Conversation, where we talk to fascinating people you'll want to know better. Our show is sponsored by California Lutheran University's School of Management and Tolman and & Weicker Insurance Services. Thanks to them both for their support and encouragement. Thanks to our podcasting partner, Polstring Press, for this great studio, and to Patrick, my co-host. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Mark. Good to see you. Good to be seen. I tell you, we've got, uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm excited for every interview. This one specifically, though, with Bruce Gillies, uh, who's the Director of Organizational Leadership Development down at California Lutheran. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning. This, um, you were introduced to us by um, uh, the dean down there, uh, Gerhardt, who's a, a sponsor of our show, and is always giving us these fascinating introductions to people. Uh, and in studying you and kind of getting ready for the show this morning, uh, I found probably seven different paths we can go down. Um, but I don't want to go down any of those. We're gonna, we'll figure out which one Great. presents itself to us. But I, I'm really interested in um, just to, just give me the two sentence what what you teach. Why do students come and take your class? Certainly, um, I teach the um, organizational leadership based type classes at Cal Lutheran, um, which are you know dealing with how do you get skills to be a leader in, in business today. Okay, perfect. How do you get skills to be a leader? Uh, do you think we? we we, we've talked about this a lot on the show. How much of leadership is in your DNA and how much can be taught? Yeah, great question. That question always comes up as far as um, um, can you, are you born a leader or can you be made into a leader? And um, I think y you have to have a little bit of both. Um, you have to have a propensity to be willing to have a self-awareness of mm. where you work mm. the best. Not all leaders are going to fit into the situation um, that um, they find themselves all the time. I mean, one situation you might find an individual who's not a leader, and um, the next thing you know, there's a situation where they pop up and they're an excellent leader. So um, it's, a, it's a willingness to be, be self-aware. Okay. How early do you think a parent could observe that DNA in play that would say this kid's a leader? I mean, you see the old joke, they're building blocks. Oh, he's going to be in sure. construction. Right. Uh, but what... Is, is, there, is there some early indicators? Well, I, certainly anytime. I mean, leadership by itself is a social phenomenon, right? You have social to have, phenomenon. Yeah, you have to have two people for there to be a leader at any time. That's true. That's okay. a good point when you think about uh, it. Yeah, thank you. I mean, so it's what we call a BGO. Yeah. A blinding glimpse of the obvious that yeah. I hadn't uh, paid attention to. So, to, so you it, need two people. Right. Okay, got right. it. Although, you know, we, we think about, you know, one of the questions I throw out at my students is, let's think about Albert Einstein. Did he have an organization that he led, or did he have people that he led? Or was he? could you be, even consider him as a leader? Well, of course he was huh. a leader in the field of, of, of science, but he didn't really have an organization that he was trying to lead to a specific place. He had a vision. Um, yeah, those kind of things. So when when we when we think about um, kids, um, you know, and showing leadership skills and ability, I would think you get into kindergarten or you get into early friendships, and you find um, some some children that are going to be a little bit more dominant than other ones. Um, we think about different values that um, leaders have, and you think about um, give me some examples. Um, uh, like in an example of um, building blocks, as you mentioned, let's say that um, you and I had some building blocks and we're five years old and I want to build something and you say you want to build something else. But who's going to win in that? Who's going to be the more dominant in that? Who's going to give up their vision for the vision of the other one? 
Um, is that leadership in that particular instance? No, because just the, the, the phenomenon of dominance is not going to be a leadership. Right. I, I was just going to go there. Right, right. So you have to have a vision of what you want to build and then sell the other people or person on that vision. So once, once I have an idea of where I want to take these building blocks and right. you have your idea and I say, well, what if, we, what if we built it instead of only two blocks high, let's build it 10 blocks high and see mm, what happens. Mm, mm. And then if the you, other person says, that'd be a great idea, let's do that. Exactly. So you've got the dominance of wanting to push that forward um, and, and, and a willingness to share that idea and the vision to be able to, to, to paint it for the, the other person. You spent your early years in the Navy. That's correct. Twenty. You were a lot early and middle. Yeah, twenty-three <laughs> plus yeah, years. Yeah, twenty-two. Twenty-two years, two months, and fourteen days. <laughs> yeah. Not that anybody's not, counting. Not counting. Yeah. What? How, how did that? What was that decision like when you were a teenager? And you were in the Navy, right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I started a college career, and um, it was um, going nowhere fast as far as going to going to a community college, as mm-hmm. a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, well, I, you know, th- th- there's some structure in the Navy that I could certainly fit within, mm-hmm. and I think that there's some skills that I could get there. So um, I, I I made the leap of faith and, and went ahead and joined the joined the military and um, um, had a great time doing it. Fast fastest twenty two years I've experienced. That that's a long time. D- does it happen that you you sign up for a few years and then all it's another two and that's another right. two yeah. and another two and just yeah you can you can sign up for two you can sign up for six whatever you whatever you want to do and the the, the story's kind of funny because um, when I went to the, uh, the the military entrance station in Detroit. Um, they said, um, well, we've got you signed up for a two-year contract. And I thought, oh, wow, what happens, if, what happens if they don't like me? I better get locked in. <laughs> they don't in. like me. Well, I've got to get locked in for another couple of years. You got anything longer? So, I Do you up, have anything yeah, longer? Yeah. <laughs> what, wow. what if they don't like me? Yeah, right. I, I had never thought about that. What if, it's not, what if I don't like this? Is there an out clause right. here? That's very not of, yeah, this generation would never think like, I, I think the emerging generation that we have right now would not, uh, that would never occur to them that, well, I'm worried about somebody else liking me. They would really be concerned yeah. about their mobility. That's their, right. Their own flexibility. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And was that all peacetime, or did you see any conflict? Well, the um, uh, the conflict, of course, the Cold War. I mean, there was no really bullets flying around back and forth or anything. So, um, uh, but I mean, it was a lot of long deployments. Um, you know, um, six, seven, eight months of deployments. I spent a lot of time in the Persian Gulf. Were you mm. on a you were on a ship? I was several? on several ships. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was on uh, an aircraft carrier. Um, as a matter of fact, my uh, first command was a fellow by name. You may know him. John McCain was my first commanding officer. Oh, how about that? Yeah, yeah, he was my, my first CEO, huh. and um, was on an aircraft carrier and a couple small ships, um, an amphibious ship, and a couple of overseas stations as well. So had a had a great time. Yeah, my dad was in the Navy in World War Two. On the what's the name of the ship that would bring the troops to the water and then the flap would open right, up and up? Right, amphibious ship. An yeah. amphibious yeah. ship. What I learned, and he never would talk about his time in the service. But six or seven years ago, I said, "Dad, it's time. I want to mm-hmm. hear that." And he brought out the yearbooks. I mean, he had stuff. We had mm-hmm. just never had that conversation. And I learned that his job, he'd always joked about he worked in the commissary and his job was making the ice cream. So okay. he, was the, he was the one that everybody loved. But when those ships come in, there's a lot of uh, danger, not the obvious danger of being shot at, but the danger of the boat turning sideways mm-hmm. and getting flipped in the waves. Hadn't thought about that. Mm. Um, 
what he was a one of ten guys who had to jump out of the ship with these huge ropes and hold the ship straight so it could go up and I was like wow right so um you know we always have these thoughts about our dads but I the courage factor that that must have taken at 19 years old yeah to do that was pretty amazing fascinating generation when you think about that whole generation there what about leadership because that's what we're talking about today Mm -hmm. what about leadership did you learn in the navy that said that propelled you to now what a, a 15 year career in education teaching sure leadership. sure well i mean clearly good leaders and bad leaders um i've seen some pretty um, um acrimonious leaders that um, were very autocratic um do it my way or the highway yeah sure. and i saw a lot of them that were very um engaging um you know it was they were still autocratic but they were very um developmental in their in the way that they wanted you to develop as well they didn't want you to just do the things that they told you to do for that reason they wanted you to see the value in it they wanted you to commit to it right Hmm. so what i saw was a a huge difference between people who were trying to gain commitment of the followers versus compliance i can i can i can get somebody to comply by 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 berating them and telling them you know what if you don't do this this is what's going to happen to you you're going to have to work late and this is what's going to happen Versus um, those who say, listen, here's, here's the rationale behind this. And this is why we've got to do a really good job on this. And if we do this, this is how we're going to look. So it was an opportunity to get, into, get people to buy into that vision of where, they, where, the, where the leader wanted them to go. Um, I had the opportunity to run an engine room, um, an engine, engine room of um, about 20 guys. Mm-hmm. And um, um, I, I learned very quickly through the leadership training that the military provided that um, there's a lot of different ways you can get people to do things. And um, we had to go through a yard period where they tore the entire engine room apart, put it back together, <clears throat> and um, was able to uh, get those guys to see it. I mean, there were some long hours there, but we were able to do a better job than the other engine room who had a very autocratic and very berating and very, um, you know, my way or the highway type of a leader. So it was interesting to see those two differences there be- between that. So, What are the – let's go down that for a little bit. What are some – I'm thinking of a, a leader who's listening to the phone right now who, who may see a little bit of that autocraticness in themselves. Sure. And know, gosh, I may, they're self-aware. They are a leader, so part of that is self-awareness. Right. Gosh, I, you know, there's, a, there's probably a better way to do this, sure. which we're talking about. What are some things that would help them get the people to be more compli- committed right. rather than compliant? Sure, sure. Are there some bullets if you would oh absolutely <clears throat> the, the uh, one, probably the biggest one is listening you know when you've uh, got a, when you've got a team of people trying to figure out uh, how do we get them to go there find out what what they see as the vision because a lot of times um, a leader is not the smartest person in the room right they surround themselves with smart people exactly and uh, you know leaders need to realize that a lot of times they're the people who do the processes are going to know better than the leader how to get these things done so if you can listen to the people who are actually on the front lines doing things and ask them, you know, just uh, you don't have to accept everything that they say, but certainly at least listen to them and find out what 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 are the important things for them? What kind of obstacles do I need to get out of your way so that you can get things done? Uh, because a lot of times um, when we think about obstacles, we're thinking about, well, not enough money or not enough um, materials or I need a new computer or something like that. But a lot of times it could be motivation. Maybe I need to get the, the demotivation out of your way and help you get motivated. Get the demotivation yeah. out of your way. Yeah, or, or uh, maybe you need training on a specific thing, or maybe it's a uh, a personality conflict that's between you and your coworker that um, I can mediate. 
something mm-hmm. along those lines. So it's a lot of times it's a matter of finding out what what's keeping them from being able to do the, do the job. Um, so listening. Yeah, listening absolutely. Um, um, finding out, making sure the right person is in the right place at the we right time. We used to had a board member called it aces in the places. That's right. That's exactly right. And um, um, you know, when I say right person, right place, that's that's an easy thing to say. But at the right time, that's the crucial piece. There. At the right time. Yeah. Um, you could have the right person in the right place, but if it's not the right time, such as the environment is not right, maybe the situation is not mm, right, those mm, kind of mm, things, mm. Um, you're still going to be struggling trying to get things done. And that's the, that's, the, that's the thing a lot of leaders don't – you're in this job, you're getting paid, you should be able to get this job done. Well, let's find out why, why they can't get the job done. What's going on? What's in their, what's in their way? Are there certain skill sets? Absolutely. Are there certain values that people have? Or is, does life happen? Yeah. But if a le- leader's willing to listen and ask people, um, what can I do to help you get this job done? You know, a lot of times. That's a great question, isn't yeah, it? When, yeah. when someone says, to, what can I do to help? I mean, it's like, uh, I'm thinking of Jerry Maguire. <laughs> help me help you. That's right. That's, <laughs> right? that's exactly right. right. And, I, and, and leaders can't help their people if they don't know exactly what, what it is that they need. Um, you know, some people say, well, that's a Pollyanna type of a, of a perspective because we know that there's people out there that are just, you know, going to be, I'm just here for the money and I'm going to do the minimum amount of work that I want to do um, to get the job done in order to get my pay, you know, and then I'm gone. I'm out of here. Five o'clock, the, the, the whistle's blown, I'm gone. Um, and there's other people who are going to be dedicated and, and um, um, really engaged, you know, um, with the, with, within the workplace. And that getting that engagement and finding those employees who can get engaged um, is a uh, another you know crucial piece of leadership. Um, it got me thinking that the the one was compliant. I'm compliant to the time clock, and the other one is committed. Got it. You're committed to the quality. Right. So yeah, and they're engaged. Is yep. there a third one that we could be looking for? Leaders should be thinking about in terms of how do I foster that commitment? Sure. Um, you know, there's um, one of the one of the big current current theories in leadership right now is transformational leadership. And um, okay. yeah, explain that transformational leadership is is taking you to a place where perhaps you didn't think you could get or you hadn't oh. even considered um, oh. getting there. Um, transformational leaders are those who will take a team of people who may be, you know, getting the job done, but elevates them. And you see this happen in sports a lot. You see it happen in um, some um, um, businesses that were kind of, you know, small businesses that were going along, getting everything done, meeting their numbers. And then all of a sudden you get a leader in there that says, we could do better. I think that we can get to a different place. Here's my goals. Here's my visions. And providing those goals. T- ten stories instead of two stories. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's a, a, a huge piece for people to be able to um, grab onto and to be able to want to uh, become a part of that team, become a part of that team thematically it's kind of like we're all playing a game and they this like there's the goal and they articulate the goal the leader does okay we've got to get to that goal line stay in sports there's that goal line the finish line or we've got to get to 10 stories and are you with me how are we going to get there all of those kinds of things and that transforms everybody and there's a bonding that happens that's isn't correct there? yeah absolutely yeah we, we call it cohesion in teams Cohesion yeah. and yeah. teams. Yeah. And when you think about cohesion, um, you know, I, I ask my students, well, um, what's the difference between a cohesion and adhesion? And um, we, we talk about. Okay, doctor, know, what is the well, difference? We talk about, we talk about the, um, <laughs> uh, you know, like a Band-Aid has an adhesive to it, so it sticks to something else. It's compliant to yeah, its it physical compliant. properties. That's right. Okay. Whereas um, something that's cohesive sticks together, you know, and, and it bonds together. Because it's and, committed. Correct. 
because it's got that commitment. We're going to keep going back to that now that I've got those (laughs) words. So just just letting you know, (laughs) we set we set some really nice foundational stones there with that. Um, Do you have? I think you've got a question, Patrick. No, I'm just I I, I'm fascinated by this idea of of you've got a team of people who, you know, the old policy of working towards the weekend. You know, mm-hmm. who, who's mm-hmm. essentially there because you pay me. I'm here because you pay me. Right. And uh, and kind of the fallacy of that, that that's not really uh, why people are going to work. They're not. They if they're going to work for the paycheck, that seems like that's. But what's 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 the thing you're, you're driving towards for 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 your students trying to get them to turn into people um, who, who can lead a group of people who sure. are very worried about. Well, I sure. just want to get done mm-hmm. for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Right. Like what's what's the fight against that? The fight against it, um, it, it you're going to find yourselves in, in positions where you're going to have to have to deal with those kind of people. Um, and there's going to be those times when you um, um, are, are trying to figure out why why can't I get them to, to move forward? Why can't I get them to engage? Uh, and I've been in, in teams like that where, where we know what we want to do. We know we want to get it done, done better. And I've, I've been you know places where people would take every advantage of time off, um, such as, you know, we, we talk a lot about one of the, the current uh, – um, Work schedules is flex time. You, mm. can, you, know, you, you got flex time out there. And um, uh, I've tried to implement that in, in some of the teams that were very highly engaged. And they said, we don't want to go work from home. We, we like being here. We like the sure. people that we work with. Sure. We like the, the, um, the, the customers that we have. Um, whereas other places, um, I had a motorcycle shop for a while up in Bakersfield, and um, I could not get people, my, my the people that work for me, to engage in that. They, for whatever reason, again, this is back in you mean like the mid-80s. culture of the shop. Correct. They didn't want to be. They just didn't want to be in the physical place. That's exactly right. They, it's not that they didn't want to be there, but they always found something better to do than be there. Huh. So it was. I mean, a motorcycle shop. Like it's kind of a fun place to work and those kind of sure. things. But um, it was always something. I have to go out and run run this errand. I have to go out and run that errand. Rather than let's spend some time in the shop. Let's. Work Work on, on making the shop a better place, a more comfortable place for customers and those kind of things. So was that that you hired the wrong people? Um, interesting story about that. Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, actually, I had um, uh, when I started the shop, I asked the um, uh, other people that were in, in motorcycle business. I said, so what's one thing? What's one thing that you can tell me that's going to make my business successful in the next year? He said, here's what you got to do. If you find somebody that's not working out for you, you have got to fire them. Do not yeah. try and there's there's going to be those people you just can't fix, okay? You got to get rid of them. If they don't fit, get rid of them. Um, and I thought, okay, well, so within the first three months of my my shop, I had fired my wife, I fired my brother, and I fired my brother-in-law because they just didn't fit. They how'd just, how'd that work out? Yeah, well, we still we, we lasted for a year. <laughs> so I mean, so was that good advice? Was that was that, I think so? Yeah, yeah, I think so because the people that I did get in wanted to be there rather than right. it felt like an obligation to me as an individual. They were so. compliant through blood ties. That's exactly right. Yeah, huh. that was exactly right. Yeah, I, I think firing is is something that people are afraid to do. There's a lot of resistance right. around that. Yet, in in every case where I've had to do that, it was absolutely the best decision right my timing i could have done things earlier almost in every case should have done it earlier and now i learn i've learned that like when that first intuition comes yeah this isn't the right fit Mm -hmm. just go in there and just rip the band-aid off sure exactly right right. don't don't you think you've both had i have not i have not had an experience of a lot of employees but so I, i feel like from the employee side i've been an employee for a lot of people that almost always there's there's kind of two responses that either if I'm I, well I've never been fired but but watching that 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 happen mm. people who get fired either well that wasn't a good fit for me anyway 
or you know like or, or right. I'm, I'm i've been fired so I know what yeah like it just makes sense to them like yeah okay yeah. i kind of saw that coming i wasn't wasn't doing the job or what a relief what right. a relief thank I, you right. yeah that, that this actually is going to free me to go do the thing that i That's need exactly to be doing. right because yeah. they were resistant to owning up to the fact that they were a wrong they were the wrong fit. right so as an employer looking at the situation going either the person is going to go away and figure this out on their own and just feel like they deserved it or they're going to see it as a huge relief and get on with something better correct I, both of those solutions have have no you know what i mean like 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 being the person who's who's anxious to like well should i fire them it's like yeah, yeah right. it yes. seems like that's probably yes yeah well before we move on if I'm looking at thing, things aren't working right, mm -hmm. wh whatever not look working right is to you, mm -hmm. is it fair to say that you might make a little checklist for yourself and say, have I been listening? So have I talked to everybody? Right. Check. Okay, I've done that, and I've got a good sense of what's going on. It's still not working. Um, if I looked at each person, is it the right person? Right. Uh, are they in the right place? And is this the right time for them? Right. Check. And then I say, have I provided a vision of, of, of a future state that is so compelling that it's going to lead to some transformation? Right. Check. What if it still wasn't working? What else? What is there something? It sounds like that's pretty. If you've got that, you're doing pretty well. Right. Is there something else they might check, though? Well, they might check if they're in the right place at the right time. Oh. Yeah. Maybe, well, maybe look the inward. Leader, yeah, absolutely. Maybe the leader oh. needs to move move to a different situation. And uh, we've seen that happen as well. Um, you, when you, again, when you look at the, uh, the revolving door of uh, uh, professional athletic coaches that are out there, um, there's, there's moving to the right place at the right time. And... Um, uh, looking inside and saying, you know, maybe, maybe this isn't working for me. Maybe it's not, you know, maybe I'm not supposed to be working with um, with Jerry Jones. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe I, maybe I need to work for a different kind of an owner that gives me a little bit more control over what's going on or those kind of things. So there's any number of possible um, reasons for that a leader couldn't get a, a team going. Um, and, and, you know, I, hate, I hesitate to use the word fire because fire is such a, you know, we think of, you know, don't, don't bother coming into work today, you're gone, you know, the type of a deal, rather than having a conversation about, listen, We've tried a lot of different things. We've, you know, we've we've worked together on this. It's clear that um, you're not happy here. We're not happy with your performance at this level. Um, is there someplace else in the company maybe that you want to go, or is it is, is it just the company maybe that needs to let you go? Clearly, if there's a if there's a transgression such as a theft or that's um, different. You know, yeah, something like that's that. Different. Then that's you're pretty talking clear. about development. Exactly, that's exactly right. Right, yeah. where we're developing that person, we're invested that's in them. That's exactly right. They recognize that investment. And they that's rise correct. to it and say, "Thank you. Yep, I'm going to keep. I'm going to work harder." Absolutely. Yep. That what, engagement again. What about a day one? So, so a, a, a new leader, a new person has been brought into an established team. What's that day one evaluation? How does a leader walk into a situation and mm. do and, and as as a new? I'm in charge now sure, of this group. Sure. What's the day one thing to do? What what should they be doing? Uh, introduce themselves and tell them what's important. Um, and I've I've seen that happen with very successful um, commanding officers in the military, um, where they come in and they they address the the key their key players, um, you know, their staff, and say, listen, here's how I operate. Um, I had mm. one that said, um, you know, um, I've done this for a long time. I've been in the military for 30 years, and, and this is how I operate. One is have thick skin. Mm. I'm going to get excited. I'm going to yell at people. Don't take it personally. You know, have a short memory. If I, if I make a mistake, if I yell at somebody and it's the wrong thing, don't, don't, don't take that as a, a, a personality um, 
um, characteristic that's a flaw in you or anything like that. We can work together. We will be a better organization. And that, that particular organization won multiple um, awards in the Navy um, for, for the best food, for the best operational aspects, for the highest level of retention. So it was, uh, you know, it, was a, it was a great organization to work for. Was it hard work? You're darn right. I mean, we spent a lot of time in the Gulf. But we, we had a vision of why we were there. We knew the, the vision. We, we, we knew that once um, the tough times were over, we were going to be taken care of by the mm-hmm, leadership. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, you know, that, that engagement, that trust level, I think, is important, too. I want to move on to when you were introduced to me by Gerhardt. He, he talked about sports and sports leadership. Right. What does that look like to you? Well, uh, I'll give you a little bit of background why, why it fascinates me. Um, I, I took a look at the, um, uh, the 1972 Dolphins. Um, they had a— um, Undefeated. That's correct. Yeah, waiting for the Panthers to lose, right? So, <laughs> so the um, um, uh, 1972 Dolphins had a, a great quarterback in Bob Greasy. Uh, I think he broke his ankle in one of the first games of the year, and a fellow came in by the name of Earl Morrill. Um, not tremendously athletic. Yeah, he's a good, he was a good quarterback. He could throw the ball down the field and, and those kind of things, but he led them. To, a, to an undefeated season. And it wasn't until the playoffs that Bob Greasy came back. So here we have a leader who's um, second string but can take a team to that level and, um, and provide them with the vision of what we need to do and confidence in what they need to do. Granted, Don Shula was a great, co- was a great coach as well. There's no disputing that. But having a leader in the, on the front lines that's out on the field that can be a, a field general like that right. um, who, who is um, you know, expected to step in and do those kind of things was, was pretty significant from a, 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 a sports um, aspect. So that's what got me engaged in finding out what's going on, what, what happened with that. So that was kind of fascinating. I just I, I think of this guy stepping in and, and having a team trust him maybe because he was humble because he was coming from the I second think so. string yeah. lack of ego yeah. I think so uh, you have to have to have that as a leader is is to realize you know, I don't have all the answers that's why I've got you guys around me I'm not the fastest runner that's why I have a guy I hand the ball <laughs> right. off to right <laughs> right I can't catch right. the ball that's why I throw it right <laughs> right so so those kind of things and being willing to, to look at what your what your skill level is and how you fit within the organization I think from a sports perspective is important. We have had uh, several conversations around this table uh, with uh, around fitness and sports. Uh, Grandmaster Wheaton, Ninth Don, Black Belt, uh, the Strategic Samurai, mm-hmm. NCAA Woman of the Year, um, guys who are involved in fitness and business with CrossFit. Where does, and I'm interested in this intersection between a strong background in sports, in team sports, in school, and then the when they collide with leadership. Where, where, where do you, what's your take on strong sports as a uh, leading indicator that that person's going to be great in business? Sure, sure. Do you have well, a take on uh, that? Absolutely. I think that, um, that sports um, in high school, sports in college, um, is, is a great uh, way of getting people to figure out how they fit in teams and being able to work in a team and being able to communicate in a team. Um, the uh, willingness to take orders. You know, uh, oh. you don't get much of a choice when you're when you're when you're. You have to be compliant. Coach. That's correct. You have to be there is and there's a, a a level of compliance that's necessary for your star star employees as well. Right. Um, we don't always want to have to come in and work on Saturdays, but sometimes we know that we have to. And yeah, I'll comply. I'll come in on Saturday, even though I had a wedding to go to or something like that. But you know, the the willingness to um, to sacrifice for the organization as well comes from that strong leadership and knowing that yeah, you guys have taken care of me and I, it, now it's time to give back to the organization as well so i think that that's a lot of what comes out of of of, um, athletics um sports 
um, you know, even even participating in it as a hobby as far as understanding, again, the, the, what your limitations are and realizing that you can't do everything. You, you just can't do everything that you'd like to do. Where does, I'm thinking of all the things, uh, uh, courtesy, integrity, perseverance, discipline, all of those are embedded in you. I mean, I'm, I look at the seven and eight-year-olds that we have in our dojo. Right. Right, and they're learning those kinds of things. Absolutely. Um, how, how else? It, I know that there, there's one guy in town who's famous for saying if he doesn't see sports on the CV when they sign, you know, when they're mm -hmm. applying for a job, they just don't. That, that doesn't make the first That's cut. That's a huh? disqualifier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh, makes a, um, uh, as far as a disqualifier, I would say be cautious with that. Because, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah. still, because you still get. I mean, there's still prima donnas out there in sports. You know, oh. and, yeah. <laughs> I know that comes as a revelation to I some know, folks. But, I know. Breaking news, yeah, everybody. Yeah, but um, I think that you know, some in some cases, um, you know, athletics, um, you know, athletes, particularly those who are, who do have a specific skill set, and start elevating themselves and and um, um, providing people the opportunity to see that they are not the same as everybody else. Um, can uh, you sometimes not fit in an organizational type of a, of a situation. Um, people um, embark on long-term um, marathons because they enjoy being with themselves. Sure. Right? And, and that's fine, you know, but, but don't expect them to come in and, and be willing to work with somebody who's got a difficult personality or thing like that. They're just going to say, I, I don't have to tolerate this. I'm going to leave. That's the, the individual contributor versus someone right. from team sports. Right. Where are you at on uh, doing the work, the the kind of the discipline to do the work? We, Patrick and I, have, have talked about digital natives, uh, sure. this younger generation. What was the statistic you had that that said uh, they talked to one hundred percent of fifty percent of them when they asked them what they wanted to be when they grow up? Yeah, sorry. In two thousand seven, uh, uh, I believe it was a university out of out of Texas was doing a uh, a study on on uh, emerging uh, graduating high school seniors, asking them what what they wanted to be when they grew up. And and in two thousand seven was the first time that it crossed over the fifty percent mark. They said uh, famous, and then the follow up question, of course, is for what? Right. And and the answer was, what do you mean? Just famous. Yeah, famous. Yeah. Yeah. And a uh, uh, quick side note, I was in Miami recently, and I was recording interviews with, with various different people, and an eight-year-old sat down with me. Uh, 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 first, wow. uh, an eight-year-old whose mother uh, immigrated from Brazil, and so uh, this child was uh, you know, growing up uh, first generation in America, and I said at eight, I said, well, what, you're into ballet, you're into sports, you're into uh, you know, school. What are, you, what are you looking forward to as, as an adult? And she said, I want to be a celebrity. And I said, At eight. and I said, for what? And she said, what do you mean? <laughs> and I was, Whoa. I was so excited because I have it. It's, it's, it'll that's be an occupation now, celebrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that yeah. is a, that's an aspiration, right? Is, is to, is to achieve celebrity. And there is no, there is no um, uh, structure of what for what. That's not, that's not the goal. And that's a real struggle right now hmm. for, for, for a generation of, of, of people who. Uh, have an aspiration for a thing that is just doesn't have a lot of structure underneath, not, uh, you know, no infrastructure for it. What do, what do you do with a person whose only goal is to gain the attention of others? Yeah, yeah. Well, how many others, I guess, to define celebrity? How many people do you have to have before you can be called a celebrity? To, to well, and you're talking about a generation with, you know, what, 43 million people in it? Yeah. So if 20 million of them are, are interested in being the most famous version of that? Yeah. Interesting. We'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. Stay tuned. Stay yeah. tuned. <laughs> <laughs> I know you also consult in sports psychology. That's right. What, 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 what would someone 
come to you for in that regard? Uh, any number of things. Uh, from a team perspective, um, from a, an individual perspective, I've, I've worked with um, uh, athletes that are recovering from injury. Um, and um, they, they say, I, you know, I, I, I injured my, my knee doing this particular thing, and I can't get beyond that. I can't do that particular thing again. My, my, my physical therapist and my doctor say I'm 100%, but I just can't, you know, do that same thing again, such as a, a middle linebacker who got his, their knee blown out from a, a block. They say, I can't go into that area there, or a wide receiver that got knocked down, or a catcher that got a, a foul tip and hit their hand and broke their hand or something like that. I can't do that again. So that was one aspect of, of you know, getting oh, getting the psychological edge back and being able to do that. How so. do you, that that's a interesting one. So physically, they're fine. Physically, they're fine. Perfect. Right, but yeah. it, mentally or emotionally, right. they can't get there. What? How, how do you help someone overcome that? Well, uh, it, it happens on an individual basis. Clearly. Sure. One, one of the techniques that I ask, ask them to do, though, is to go backwards. Let's, let's run that exact play where you got injured backwards, right? And, um, and then um, take them back through that. And then take them forward through it slowly. Before the injury happened, let's go back forward through it slowly, but let's make it not happen. So visualize it not happening such as a uh, high diver maybe jumping off the board and um, they hit their head on the board on the way back down. Okay, so what happened there? What did you need to do that didn't happen there to push you out further from that? Let's visualize that happening. And a lot of times that will, that will help them do that. So kind of reversing it in a video play. Let's stop it after the, after the play is done. Let's go backwards and, and reverse that video play in reverse and see what happens. So that's, that's one way of helping them over that. Um, so then I'm thinking of a leader who has made some just heinous mistake right. in their business. And they're like, oh, my God. And, and then they kind of get everything together, but they're not willing to take the risk Correct. any longer. Is that a fair yeah, absolutely. dot to connect there? Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. So would the same strategy then work if you were to counsel that leader? Well, I mean, the leader at that particular time, a little bit different because the leader is not dealing just with himself. They're dealing with a the team. They're dealing with an organization probably. Um, whether Now, if, if you said, oh, well, sure. you know, course, let's, let's say that you, you had an opportunity to become um, the chief of police for San Francisco. And um, you said, well, I'm going to go ahead and, and, uh, and take that job. And um, a year and a half down the road, you find out that it's just not for you. So you try and figure out, well, I'm not going to apply for any other jobs. You know, a great, one great quote was from um, uh, Moneyball where um, Billy Bean says, um, you know, I, I made a decision for money one time and I'm not going to do it again. And, um, and, and that was one of, one of the ways to go back and evaluate what happened and say, well, if I hadn't done that, where would I be right now? Well, you wouldn't be where you are now mm -hmm. if you hadn't made that decision. Mm -hmm. So you make the best decision you have with the information you have at that time. That makes sense. Yeah, so you go back and you, and you evaluate, what information did I not have that could have made a different choice so the athlete then the decision was to take just a millisecond stop and make sure i'm giving enough forward motion to right. not hit my head or i you know i noticed that guy coming at me out of my peripheral vision but i thought i was going to be fast enough exactly. to elude that thing so i need to so that's kind of where you take them right where was my focus that's another thing of the sports oh. psychology where was my focus my focus oh. was on the running back vice that blocker that was coming down at my knee and um, I should have I should have had my head on a swivel at that particular point and been more aware of the of the uh, um, of the the periphery as you mentioned items. Are you talking about slumps? Are you talking about like pulling people out of their slumps? You do that as well. Yeah, yeah. slumps again are clearly um, psychological. If they, if they can do a physical um, ability before that slump and then suddenly that happens. I worked with a um, a softball catcher that couldn't throw the ball back to the pitcher. Huh. 
Huh. And um, um, they could gun somebody down at second base, but they <laughs> when they went to throw the ball back to the pitcher, it would either go over their head or in the ground or something like that. You know, similar to, to what happened to that catcher in Major League. Huh. Yeah. And um, and and in that case, with the catcher in Major League, they had a, another distraction that they were able to say, well. I, I, I got to be able to throw this ball back to the pitcher, but what if I don't? What happens if I throw it over right. their head or those right. kind of things? Well, they don't think about those things because your body is going to do what you think about sure. doing and what you focus on. So, And that translates into leadership as well. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I was just I was thinking of a writer's block, but you don't yeah. write your you know, artist. Oh, I is write. There... <laughs> but same thing. Like, like you beat yourself up all day long thinking about, what. well, you know, I'm wasting this three hours. I right. could have been making this entire time. I could have been making this whole time, and you actually perpetuate that, like that, like you're overthinking it, right? Yeah. So where was my focus? Um, you had a question. I'm I, sorry, I cut you off. No, your question. no, no. I know. I just, I was just thinking, uh, is there something? Th- I, I'm always, I'm trying to connect dots, lots of different dots, because everybody that's listening to us right now has got a completely different background, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So there's some. At, they may not be the leader. They may work with leaders, right? Um, they may not do sports, so they may not be ready. They may not, so I'm trying to help s- say that these are universal truths that mm-hmm. you're talking about. Right. That thing that stops me from performing, that stops me. Well, like, why am I not engaged? Like, that would be a great question. Sure. You know, I'm. That's exactly you know, right. Why am I not engaged? It's it's not. It, it's as much the, on the leader to lead me. Well, there's some part of me I need to be a good follower. Right. Right. Either lead follower, get out of the way. Right. right? So if I'm going to be a good follower, how am I not engaged? Do, do I do I, I don't understand the mission? I don't understand the vision. Mm-hmm. Oh, explain it to me again, coach. Right. You know, or right. I, you know, I've got the right skills, but gosh, I really should be working over here. Again, going back right. to those themes. Right. So that and gets back to the very first thing you said. When we talked about the DNA of a leader, and you said self-awareness, right? And self-awareness and awareness in general gets back to what we just said, which was, what am I focused on? Right. And the leader has to focus on all of it. Correct. And the followers focus on their piece. Well, when you think about it, followership, if you will, followership, followership <laughs> is a basic kind of leadership as well. It's leading really? upward, right? When you think about leading upward. You, I have to let my boss know where I work best, how I work best, how do I communicate best? Do I do I respond more to emails? Do I respond more to yelling? Do I you know those kind of things? Um, uh, some coaches uh, do a lot of yelling, and for some of their athletes, it'll shut them down. It'll right. absolutely shut them right down. Um, other athletes need that yelling in order to be able to get up. So you need to let the coach know how do I how am I going to listen, coach? When you yell at me like that, I, I lose all focus on what you're trying to do, and all I can focus on is hearing the loudness of your voice. So maybe if we could tone it back a little bit and I can talk to you a little bit more about what you want to see rather than about what you don't want to see, I can do more of what you want to see. You know. And that conversation is probably best held privately. I'm imagining, hmm. as we said earlier, the, 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 you asked the question, I'm a leader, I come into this new team, whether it's military, it's sports, it's the business that's the new divisional leader who's just got assigned to our branch office. Right. This is how I lead. This is how I work. This is who I am. This is my vision. All of those things that we've talked about. So I can imagine someone raising their hand and saying, uh, "This is how I like to follow. I like to <laughs> 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 that 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 may that would be unique. 
right? I, I can't say that I've ever heard that before because we know that some people are best um, the, the way they learn, mm -hmm. by doing, by right. reading, by watching a YouTube video, by having you talk to me, having an experiential thing. It just seems kind of interesting that maybe what we do as leaders is we schedule some fairly quickly one-on-one -on -one time with people and say, how, how do you like to be led in, in that sense? Right. Or how do you, maybe it's how do you learn? Right. Because if we look at leadership as learning as well, because I want to transform them, we're going to learn something new, the, having the best way to understand that. Mm -hmm. And if they're even self-aware to even know that. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Like, are you? How do I follow? Am I a good follower? Right. What? And and it, the only way to get that a lot of times is by experience. And where do you get that experience? By being a follower in other teams and in, in, in classrooms and in, in scouting and um, other act, you know activities that you get out into and find, mm. finding out how do you how do you how do you best understand what a leader is trying to get you to? How do you best follow? And uh, that's a uh, an upward, as I mentioned, it's an upward leadership I, phenomenon. I, I like that yeah. up, up, upward because we're using the word phenomenon again. We had so we started with social, social phenomenon, phenomenon, yeah, and now we're ending with le uh, upward phenomenon, Up, upward leadership, upward leadership. You know what I think we just came up with? <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty, uh, pretty, pretty solid. It's a bumper sticker. Right you there. know, we um, yeah, we're always thinking of T-shirts we want to make from quotes. We. No. Uh, <laughs> We have such fantastic conversations here, and uh, we're at the end of this one. I mean, it just that time evaporates. It goes right? quick. We, um, I love this part so much, um, and we come to, you know, we've we've talked about leadership. We've talked about the navy. We've talked about sports. We've talked about psychology. We've talked about f where we ended. I've not ended there before. This idea of being that ideal follower. Mm -hmm. Right. And and it's kind of what we started. You said there's a social phenomenon. Had never thought about leadership that way. You, mm, you're not a leader if you don't have any followers. Right. Right. And that uh, that's a perfect place to end this on. What we do at the end of the show is because I never know where it's going to end. Just unknown. It's a journey. Is we know that the title of the show is really important. Because people, a lot of times, are just going to see the title in a tweet. Hey, go listen to this, and there's a title. Or they're looking at the long list of their new listener, and there's a long list of episodes. Which one am I going to start off with? So the title is really critical, right, to what to getting them into uh, the experience. Right. So we like to give you first dibs on giving a title to this conversation. A title for a conversation. That's something yeah. new. Um I would, when you think about all those things put together, um, you, th you think about the self-awareness and the, and the being yourself and knowing how you fit into everything. Um, uh, be, be, being the leader you are, I guess, rather than trying to force yourself into a leadership role that you're not going to fit into. Um, I think that would probably best describe it, regardless of whether it's going to be in sports or in business or um, in, in nonprofit organizations or the federal government or the, the president of the world. Be the leader you are. I love that. Be the leader. Be the, not being, be. Right. More active verb. I love that. Thank you so much. Sure, my I pleasure. I really appreciate uh, getting to know you and Motorcycle Shop. So yeah. we had uh, we yeah. had David Noor on, who's uh, do yeah. our, his passion is Ducatis. Yeah, Ducatis, great bike. Oh, yeah. gosh. What yeah. kind of bike do you rent? Uh, I've got a couple of them. I have a Triumph and a Harley and a uh, Buell and a KTM. That's a couple. Yeah. That's four. <laughs> yes. I love that. So, well, I want to thank you. How can people 
learn more about what you do? Do you? I mean, do you maintain a, a site outside of uh, Cal I, Lutheran? No, I don't. I'm pretty busy keeping my myself busy there at Cal Lutheran. But um, um, yeah, they can they can drop me an email anytime. It'd be gillies at calutheran.edu. G I L L I E S. That's correct. Perfect. So thank you so much. I want to thank again California Lutheran University School of Management and Tolman and & Weicker Insurance Services, our podcasting partner, Pull String Press. I, I, I love working here. There's, there's a certain vibe that happens uh, every time we sit down. And Cielo24, who provides the searchable captions for our show. The 805 Project is supported by partners and sponsors throughout the region. We want to thank them as well. More information on 805 Connect at 805connect.com. And Patrick, how could people, they've just listened to the show, they're, they're excited, they've learned something, how could they help us out? Well, when, you're, when your favorite person says to you, I'm really into this new podcast, Serial, you reply oh, with, yes. I'm really into this new podcast, 805 Conversations. I love that. And then that. you can share with that person, be prepared, get ready for that moment when you bump into somebody who's been listening to a lot of Serial, the podcast, and, uh, and you, have, you have all of your tidbits about how we are unlocking mysteries over here at 805 Conversations. I love that. That's perfect. So I'd lo- I would love to hear from you personally. Uh, I'm running into people just even this week, someone who said they look forward uh, to the episodes, and they really, really are learning a lot about is actually one of our guests who now has continued to listen and uh, enjoy the show. So you can send me a note. Mark at 805connect.com. Let me know what you like about the show. So until next time, this is Mark Sylvester, your host for 805 Conversations.